Welcome to Writer's Block, a podcast for writing your book from start to finish. I'm Becky. I'm Brianna. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Sterling. Right. First, we're doing something new, or maybe not new, depending on when this episode comes out. Um, we're, we're doing book recommendations now. Our first book recommendation is War Wagon Saga 1 with Kelpie Boggs. War Wagon follows the story of Axel, who gets sucked into his favorite video game as an architect and now has to level up quickly if he wants to survive. It's a really fun book. Once the stakes are established, the threat of permadeath looms comically over the rest of the story, keeping the tension where it needs to be, even during quieter moments. The prose is crisp and fun to read. The plot clips along at a fast pace. It's a really fun book, and I hope you guys will check it out. You can find it on Amazon. I don't read like lit RPG books, but I still enjoyed it. So I think it's very accessible if you are not... If you haven't really read that genre before, I think it's still a good one to start with. And I have read a lot of lit RPG books, and so for those of you that have read a lot of them, it's still very good. And it, it does do a very good job of appealing to like hardcore lit RPG readers, to those that are new to the genre. She does a great job uh, making that accessible for everybody. Not just saying that because we're friends. <laughs> no, it is genuinely a fun fantasy romp for all. This week, we're going to be talking about developing skills as a line editor. This is different from developmental editing, where you look at the building blocks of your manuscript and decide what does and doesn't work. Line editing is where you edit for continuity and clarity on the level of paragraphs and sentences. Some people will distinguish between line editing and copy editing. Others don't. This is the definition I'm using for this episode. Paragraphs and sentences. So how do you develop line editing skills? The At least the way that I developed mine, because I, I did take classes in college, I did, did an editing minor, but I don't really feel like I got a lot of my skills from those classes. I got a decent amount of uh, knowledge from them, but the actual like line editing uh, tended to, to just be from paying attention to text as I read it. Uh, if you're one of those that uh, commonly finds the grammar problems or the spelling mistakes when you're reading and wondering why it still ends up in the book despite hundreds of people looking at it, not hundreds, dozens, but <laughs> then you can you could use that skill to eventually turn it into line editing. That's actually what I'm doing right now for my client. And it really is just paying attention to words and sentences and sometimes reading them out loud. It's why I listen to books because otherwise my editor brain turns on and I can't stop it. Practice, definitely. Try to read a lot of books that are well-written so you get a feel for like what good grammar looks like. So then you, I don't know, it just starts to come more naturally. And yeah, classes are always nice, but that's not where you're going to get all your skills. <laughs> I think line editing is definitely something that comes with practice. And every writer has things that they do over and over again and mess up over and over again. I, but I do tend to write my sentences very rhythmically and like, like over and over again, they'll have like the same structure. So when I line edit, I need to go back and like make sure that it's flowing better that there's more variation in the sentences in the way they're formed and um, the length that they are. A few other line editing, editing thoughts. I do think that the best way to do it is to practice and to go look, you know, read what you're reading critically. Genuinely, one of the most helpful exercises I had when I was in school that you can do anywhere, practice typo hunting whenever you're reading anything, including packaging, posters, labels, advertisements, anything. It can give you not just like a good sense of spelling errors or like really simple grammar errors, but um, just awkward phrasing and parallel er errors. And once you start to notice them in like 
other printed materials, it becomes easier to apply to your own writing. The other thing I'd say is if you are really unconfident with your own understanding of like the rules and mechanics of grammar and style, and you genuinely want to go look at this stuff, you can go check out, I will recommend two books, The Elements of Style by Strunk and White. Read it, form your own opinions, including when to tell these dudes from the sporties that they can stuff it. <laughs> um, I'd also recommend the Chicago Manual of Style. It is more accessible than you'd think. And it, with the Chicago Manual of Style, it's not about trying to learn every, like, memorize it. It's about just kind of getting a feel for how people think about how language gets put together. I can kind of second the Chicago Manual of Style as well, especially if you're focusing on writing novels or um, science fiction, fantasy, any of that kind of stuff. Anything that's generally published in New York by big publishing companies will follow the Chicago Manual of Style. Like that's the style guide they use. And so... Um, it's good to be familiar with it or just get really good at searching it because you can – I actually have a physical copy, but I almost never use it. I use the website and search things because it's faster. And now they actually have a bookmarking feature, so it's kind of cool. But I definitely would suggest that. And then uh, I second the whole – if you uh, read Strunk and White, ignore it when it makes sense to ignore it. Um, don't become a, a Strunk and White fanaticist. Split infinitives are fine. <laughs> yeah, I think good grammar is really important, but also, like, don't be... Also remember that you are doing creative writing, so it is okay to do things a little bit creatively, I guess. <laughs> like, you can use em dashes. It's okay. You can do that sometimes. You can use semicolons sometimes, I think, personally. <laughs> I mean, I know, don't don't overdo it, but, like, you can be a little bit creative. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say is also just know when to seek other people's advice because you don't want to be that person who goes and hires an editor and then gets super offended because they pointed out all your typos. So, like, definitely ask other people to look at your work because it's easier when you're looking at somebody else's and also return the favor. Practice editing each other's work. I also think one of the benefits of having other people look at your work is that and and looking at other people's work is that it can give you a sense of when something you do in your writing is like your style. Before I started really looking at other people's writing, I'm not sure I had like a sense of what I tend to do in my sentences, what my quirks were. And like some of those quirks, you know, I sit there and evaluate them and go, okay, this is something I need to tone down. But other times I have discovered that I do something interesting and it's what makes my writing sound like me, and I play it up. <laughs> oh, definitely. And I think with the – something you can do also along these lines is go and read fan-written stories. Those don't tend to go through an editor very often. <laughs> um, and so there – it's – if you especially if you don't, don't have any writing friends or don't have a writing community in your area, you can look at these fan fiction as practice – I did that for a little while with lit RPG stories online. Um, I do it a lot with manga and manhwa because they're translations usually and they're really bad. Um, But it helps kind of build that line editing eye. And then once you see what others are doing, you can then evaluate your own work for the reason why you do stuff. Because I think you can definitely be creative like Rebecca was saying, um, as long as you've got a reason for it, as long as you're doing it on purpose. If it's just an accident and it's an accident all the time, there's probably a reason you're doing it. But if it's just a here or there kind of thing that you're messing up, 
it's probably just something you can fix. Uh, but yeah, reading f- fan fiction, um, you can even use uh, their websites like the Hemingway Editor or Grammarly. Those things, I definitely don't f- just put them in and hit change everything. But you can use those as kind of like a first run through uh, so that when you're actually doing your own line editing, you're fixing the actual problems, not the comma that you forgot or the wrong word uh, that's in the wrong place. I can actually second Hemingway. I used it recently because I was um, in a work capacity. I I needed to get a document written by engineers down from a 10th grade reading level to a 9th grade reading level, and my brain was very fried. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you know when to line edit? Um, I guess for me, I would say the line editing comes into play once the story is written, first off. Because if you're line editing as you're writing a story... Unless that's how you do it, you might write a chapter, line edit the chapter, write the next chapter. Like, if that's your process, fine. But for me, I need to finish the story and probably go through a second draft so that the overall plot actually has its own continuity. And then I jump to line editing where I'm actually looking at the paragraphs and lines. But it can fit kind of wherever works for you. I would just say err on the side of caution and do it after everything's out on the page. Um, Because a lot of people get stuck editing their work over and over and over again and not actually making any progress. I would say basically you're always going to need to line edit. So it's just figuring out when to start and when is too much. And I second what Sterling said is I would wait until you have a good chunk of writing out there and then do your line editing. And then when you're just like sitting there moving commas around, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to third what they said (laughs) because... If you start line editing before your plot is there, you're going to have to cut those beautiful lines that you wrote and you're going to feel really sad and you're going to have a really hard time letting go. I'm actually going to talk about this in the next episode, so this will be fun. (laughs) Yeah, forthing everything. This is exactly (laughs) what I wrote in my outline. I just wanted to see if you guys had anything different. (laughs) Apparently not. (laughs) All right. Tips and tricks for making line editing better. Keep a running note, kind of like a style guide. So you've got the Chicago Manual of Style, which is a guide on what to do with different grammar mistakes or things like that. Um, I actually create a whole new document that's a style guide specifically for the piece I'm working on uh, for the things that come up. So like, for example, I've had a client who likes using M dashes. They use one M dash about every chapter, right? But the way that they write it in is uh, two hyphens. A line editing item would be to change those two dashes into an M dash. So I just put that into a, a document. I use a text editor like Notepad or Sublime. And then I just put down change all double hyphens to M dashes. And then when I open up a new file or a new chapter of that book, I do a search and change that out. But that's like things that I can do uh, with just like a find and replace. Other things like uh, names of characters, uh, places, Uh, where I found them, where they were introduced, things like that can be helpful so that you can keep the continuity going. And so making your own style guide can be really helpful. Like like you can really put anything in there. Um, One thing I have in my style sheet um, for a project is a a rule about when the word house, referring to noble houses, is capitalized. And I wrote like example sentences for myself so I can't get it wrong. (laughs) I love the find and replace feature. That will save you a lot of trouble. I've like found 
I used to double space at the beginning of sentences because that's what I was first taught, and now that is not what you do. So anyways, you can find and replace double spaces. It's amazing. But other tips for line editing is read aloud. Either you read it aloud or, like, listen to somebody else read it aloud. You will catch things that you wouldn't reading silently in your head. I, uh, or we, had a writing professor who insisted that you should always print out your draft and then, like, take notes on it. So, yeah, I would say print it out because it, I don't know, something with your brain just seems different when it's on paper. And get your red pen and just don't be scared to just mark it up. Um, One thing that can help with line editing is definitely getting it in a different format. Printing it out, um, like Brianna said, I met an editor who changes the font. And as soon as the font is changed, she sees it differently in line edits that way uh, versus writing or developmental editing. Um, I actually turn my page uh, black, my my text white, and then uh, that contrasts from writing enough that I can see the differences and see when there's a comma. I also turn on all the hidden marks in Word so I can see every space and I can see every mark that changing the view enough that I'm not writing. My writing brain is gone and it's only on editing. One thing I do sometimes is I will actually read backwards, like not the full thing. Like I'll start at the end of the manuscript and read to the front, but just like each sentence in a paragraph, I'll read like the last sentence and the next one, then the next one until I get back to the beginning. That's something that works really well, both for editing sentences as entities, but also tracking the ideas that move through your paragraph. Because a lot of the times what I'll find when I do that is that I have swapped something or this really needs to be broken into two paragraphs because I've changed the idea, like the main thing I'm talking about. So that's a trick that helps for me. I'm going to try that now. That sounds really cool. (laughs) Another thing I do sometimes is um, I will do a read through And this is kind of a little bit longer than paragraphs and sentences, but I think it's more useful here, where instead of paying attention to characters or plots, I just track the continuity of settings and objects. So if a character picks up a teacup, I will do a read through where I am just paying attention to where that teacup (laughs) is. That actually is a bigger deal than you might expect when something just drops out of frame and never shows up again. It can be super confusing for the reader. Doing something like that, especially if you notice you do it all all the time. Like I'll do that sometimes to such a bad degree that it will change the whole plot. (laughs) And Because I'll just like, it'll be really important, then I'll just let it drop and I'll forget about it. And then the rest of the book doesn't have that thing that was supposed to be like really big and important. So I, I have to go through and do something like that too. I think also paying attention to like, when people stand up and sit down, I, <laughs> I have to watch for that a lot because I, I'll write it like twice or I'll forget that they were sitting and then they like move or do something that doesn't make sense for someone who's sitting. Yeah. So or watch the repetitive things they do, like read through and be like, oh, this person just sighed 10 times in two paragraphs. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a bit much. Or they nodded. Oh, yeah. That's one I do a lot. They yep. nod or they shake their head constantly. <laughs> he smiled. That'll come up a lot. (laughs) Editing preference, digitally or by hand. We kind of already touched on this one. I definitely prefer digital because I already have too much paper at home. (laughs) I have like every notebook I've ever written anything, any idea in on a shelf. So I prefer digital. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Just because it's faster, I 
I want to start printing stuff out more. Also, that is a good way for me to get help from other people. They're much more likely to read something if I don't give it to them digitally. <laughs> I have tried to do the printing out thing because of, you know, what our professor said, but I actually do prefer digital as well. It's just easier. But printing it does, you know, make me feel pretty special to have a whole giant stack of pages like, I wrote this. This is interesting. I assumed there would be at least one person who actually prefers printing. <laughs> I did I did recently stumble upon a kind of middle ground, which is that I turned my book into just an EPUB and read it on my phone, which was different enough, like, because now it's in, like, not just it's in a different font, but, like, it's in my reading app. And uh, then anytime I saw something egregious, I'd take screenshots. Actually, that's something that helps me with editing is listening to it because you can have a robot read your story. It's not the highest quality, right? <laughs> it's not the most entertaining, but it is. it does like help you think about it. And that is a trick that I've used. Honestly, we actually answered that next question. So I think we're good. We're done. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Right on, everybody.